Hey everybody, we are live on Live Lunch episode 6 of season 2. Um, we are facing a few technical snags. This is what happened when the wonderful Megan Lara May decides to leave us in favor of Glastonbury. Oh, man. So she is probably sounding incredible at Glastonbury, but... She took the sound with her. She took the sound she with her. She took the, <laughs> the level of audio with her. Uh, the, the YouTube recording, we hope, should be fine because the desk will be recording audio. But we do apologize for any... So why, why did uh, you say no to Glastonbury? Why did I say no? You sent Megan. I, yeah, well, you know, they wanted only English music, so... They, they just don't pay enough Rap now, in Punjabi, just, yeah. but they didn't really want that. They didn't want to do... Okay, yeah. fair enough. They said something about subtitles, and I was like, but I'm speaking in English. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so there we go, that, oh, that put me off Glastonbury. Okay. But yeah, if you're on, the, if you're on your way to Glastonbury, we hope you're tuning in mm. and enjoying live lunch. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Megan... Hi, Megan, if you're on your way to, live lunch, uh, to Glastonbury... And so, you've tuned in. Say hi to the headliners for us, Megan. Yeah. Back in the green room. You knock it out of the park, which I'm sure you're doing. Who, who is headlining? I don't even know. Who's headlining Glastonbury? Someone put it in now. Come on. Insta social answers, please. Instagram it. I'd Who's like to find out. Glastonbury. Have you been to Glastonbury? My what? Have you been to Glastonbury? Not as a not as a punter at the festival. <laughs> been on the stage. No, no, no. I, my neighbours from actually Kate and I used to live next door to some friends who um who practically ran it. Oh, and they would sort of be June was just like their diary, but they just disappear. They would go get a pack as as the um, the summer got going. Outside their house would be this big kind of uh, VW camper that gradually got fuller and fuller, and, and you know like layers on top, and and, and eventually they would drive off. Uh, to go, you know, several weeks in advance, or at least it felt like it. It's probably it's probably about a week in advance to kind of set up and all the rest. Came back very happy, but um, yeah, never been, never been. And to compete with them, you decided to run New Day. So yeah, you know, I, I said to him, look, you I, look really I, busy. Hey, I'm sorry, let me match that. But um, yeah, I, I'm headlining at my own event. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the headliners this year are Stormzy, the ah. Killers, and the Cure. Oh wow! Thank you to whoever sent that information out to us. Thank you, Google. Thank so, you, Google. So, so the Cure are the kind of legacy kind of act. Yeah, interesting mixture there. Okay, cool. Brilliant. What's your favourite Cure song, Johan? So embarrassing, isn't it? Nice here. It, it would it would be um, it would definitely age you if you knew instantly a, a favourite Cure song. You would you would feel you would be old. So so it's probably just as well that you don't know. It's fascinating because I didn't grow up in this country, so the music that I listen to, the music that I grew up with, but I, I did grow up on eighties rock. Mm-hmm. That's the music that I listen to. Um, still, up. still now. Led Zeppelin. Oh, I do really enjoy listening to it. Seventies rock. Led Zeppelin. Seventies rock. Seventies mm. and eighties rock. Guns and Roses. Oh wow. Deep up. My my kids um, used to on the way to school demand that we put Paradise City on on full volume mm. on the way to school, which I was always very proud of them for, my, especially my oldest. Yeah. And, um, so he'd be turning up at his reception class, about five years old. With, Take me down to the... You know, really loud, you know, the big bass and drums. And your oldest son plays a guitar. So maybe he could knock up one of those Paradise yeah. CD solos. Yeah, yeah. Although he doesn't he doesn't play like Slash yet. Yeah. He's, he's more kind of... It's not really his thing. He's kind of more interested in John Mayer and Tom Mish and these kind of... Slash and Axel Rose reunited a few years ago for another tour. I don't think for it, a tour, yeah. not for a fist fight, for a, for a, <laughs> or a for hair a, off. For a <laughs> Who's got better hair? For a, a game of tiddlywinks. I did like wear my hair down long for seasons, covered my eyes, walked around, bumped into a few cars. You know, in India, it's not a wise thing to walk around with your eyes covered. But I thought it'd be fun. A friend of mine knew Axel before he was famous. Really? There you go. Wow. Yeah, in California, just saw him at a club, just kind of 
when he was just just a guy. Yeah. There you go. Wow. It's one of my little tiny connections with. Anyway. With fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Have you been to any any big rock concerts? Not Guns N' Roses, no. No, I I had a. My, they were the kind of thing when I when a lot of my friends when I was at school were GNR fans, and I, I tended to. I wasn't such a big fan of, of that sort of stuff in those days, but um, yeah, but they they are they're good. The closest I got to was um, Roger Waters concert. I didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> got to the gate <laughs> turned back did you get a t-shirt <laughs> I, did, I did actually oh well done oh, I did there you go That's I did you, the okay. one where he looks like an artist impression of Jesus with long mm-hmm. hair and, mm-hmm. yeah so I did get the t-shirt <laughs> didn't do the gig mm. we're enjoying sushi for lunch yeah if you can hear us chewing yeah or you maybe can't hear us chewing because yeah. of the audio situation mm. anyway back to the preach yeah you were back at the pulpit this Sunday. Yeah. Um, preaching on Matthew 8, 14 to 22. Yes. Looking at, I love the, the title, Come and See, Come and Die. Come and See, Come and, and we Die. We all survived, so we can do live lunch. I was a bit concerned. <laughs> yeah. Could we carry on with live lunch next week we if we're all any, dead? Um, we weren't investigated by the authorities. No. No one came and said, I, I, I hear you advertised this. Uh, <laughs> A public meeting in which you intend to slay all those who attend. Mm. No, we, we kept we kept them alive. This time, yeah, we said you know, come 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 and see, come and die. But no, we'll next week we'll let you live. Yeah, mm. after the gift day. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, mm. Do you want to sum up the your preach? Yeah, in, um, I guess in a few seconds. I guess the um, the whole of of Jesus' ministry has has um, um, amongst its big emphases, big messages. You get this this twinning together of two big messages that you would have thought don't don't really fit nicely together, but somehow they do. Uh, come and come and see, which is a kind of a, a, a very positive, jubilant, uh, inclusive invitation to joy and healing and life. You know those those early chapters of each of the gospels. Especially, you get this atmosphere. Come and see. Literally, one or two cases. That's what people say to each other. Come and see. Come and see. And you can imagine it being like that. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus mania going viral. Um, people would have been excited just to come. It's so amazing and so positive and so wonderful and everything we've dreamed of: healing and life and hope and fun and unpredictability and everything that was good uh, about Jesus' ministry, public ministry. But. You can't avoid the fact that just as much in the Gospels you get this come and die uh, message too. And um, the passage we looked at in Matthew chapter 8 gave an opportunity to see how the two themes actually not only are both in the Gospels, but they, they, they kind of, they only fit because they fit together. They, they don't, they, they, <laughs> they have, they're interdependent. You can't really have the come and see without the come and die, and vice versa. They they make sense, and, and Christians and churches, in general, quite easily can emphasise one over the other. You can have a come and see kind of church, a come and see expression of Christianity, or you can have a come and die church, come and die expression of Christianity, um, and both are getting something right. But actually, the the the, the Christian message truly will kind of balance them. Um, so we looked at how that, that's, mm. that's shown in the story we looked at in those verses. The cost of following someone or something is something we, we do face all the time, don't we? Mm. <laughs> I was talking to Adam James, heads of communication. I was like, oh, 
I follow Manchester United and at the moment there is a considerable cost to it. Following them emotionally, you feel like you're dying every day when players want to leave and players that are being signed are like exorbitant amounts of money and yep. Yep. all of that. But there's also... And a sense of that the glory days are in the past. Oh, glory days have gone forever. We'll that, say that. I would we'll say, say that. that probably is how it feels for you, I imagine. It does. It does Let me empathise. A few can, days yeah. ago, my membership back arrived through the post and I was like, you know, this is... Mm. This is great. They have they have had their time. Wow. Well, well I'm getting away. I'm doing quite who well knows? here. He's not he's not fighting back at all. <laughs> who knows? Well, I, I, this thing I, I can't fight back. No. Uh, not 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 today. There's nothing to say. It may not be. Even Hope is all gone. Yeah, yeah. Hope is lost. <laughs> so anyway, there's a cost. Hope is gone. Yeah. Well, hope deferred. Makes the heart sick. Yeah, but it's still deferred, sick. right? So it could, it could, it could, could come back. It could Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. How's your Newcastle team doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, you. I, I don't know where yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm Brightonian, born and bred. I'm, I'm, that's oh, I thought you supported Newcastle. No. Oh. I have a brother who does. Even I lived in Newcastle for four merry years of my life. All right. And, and, and I, although I, I'm fond of them, but my younger brother, who's probably never stepped a foot in Newcastle, seems to think they're his team, which wow. is, just shows how weird it is. But I mind you, I've barely been. I thought to I knew everything like about you, and uh, no, well, I yeah. learned something new today. Yeah, no, I don't support you. Um, but I guess there's also uh, the cost of uh, if you go to games, you give up on family time. Mm. If you if you pay for your club membership, there's there's sacrifice financially. Mm. Um, I think at the moment we're looking uh, at the ruling party in this, the political party in this country, saying who are you going to choose, and there's going to be a cost with besides with whichever choice you go for, and there seems mm. to always be a cost with who we follow and if that's just an, an earthly thing how much more incredible the I guess the joy and the cost of, of following our mm. creator in heaven mm. Mm. yeah yeah I, I think it's, it's a good way of putting it we can't avoid a cost mm. I mean even the, the expression come and die is, is uh, <laughs> it's like in all the great movies you know you're going to die anyway you know is it the William Wallace in, in, in you know um we would rather we'd rather not follow you. We'd rather live. And he says, "Yeah, I can't, I'm not going to do the accent, but the kind of you know, yes, you will live, but but for only for so long, you know. And and when you're dying, you will maybe wish you had used the opportunity on this field to mm. fight for your freedom. Something like that. Mm. He says it better. He says it in a Scottish accent yep. that's quite persuasive for an Australian, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and makes the point quite well. And I think I think that the, the, you know that's that's a well worth remembering. You know the 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 idea that you avoid risk and costs by avoiding Jesus is is just mm. in the end on the, in, in the just the, the sheer light of day you realize that's just that's false mm. that just doesn't that isn't true um, what does it look like so mm. it's it fascinating because with the whole come and see there's excitement there's euphoria there's hope there's the, the Jesus movement mm. and you can see that yes this, this this should all be incredible and uh, and the message of, of hope that Christianity uh, preaches is a, is a is a message of hope. It's not a message of, um, yeah, it's a message that gives you hope. Yes. But as you said, there's also the come and die aspect of the message. What does that look like for the Jesus follower? You, what What does the blend look like? Yeah. Well, I think the the um, the 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 message that the story that we looked at kind of perhaps goes a long way to, to clarifying this. Because you see Jesus healing basically a whole town. That in itself is mind-blowing. And, you know, I, 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 you just think, what, what, what did that actually look like? You know, especially in the days when there's no health service, 
there's no other real care. There's no, there's no, the medical science is not as developed as ours. A lot of sickness that's very, very visible is healed in a, in a locality. Mind-blowing. And, um, and so you're see, seeing something so rich and beautiful and joy and life-giving. Um, but you see also that the, the, what it communicates is Jesus' authority. Mm. He has authority over sickness. And it's, it's talking about sickness as an evil thing. And, and linked with evil. So it talks about evil spirits, which is a concept we'll, we'll come to in a couple of weeks when we talk about the, the demonised men who he heals later on in the same chapter. Uh, same what, chapter 9, maybe? But anyway, but that's a, that's a thing to get our heads around. He is the guy, he, Jesus is the, the, the one with authority over sickness, over death, over evil. And yet that same authority is what's on display in the way he calls people to total devotion and abandonment to him and, and trust in him. So when people come through the crowds to say, I want to follow you, I want to follow you, his response is, is to say, well, you're, you're, you're going to have to follow me with incredible, with, with trust. You're going to have to accept the, the challenges of that because he wants to deal with, I suppose, the, the, the greater problem that we have. See, our problems on the surface are our sicknesses, our the, the, those things that we where we feel that the oppression of evil, we feel that it's damage in our lives. But Jesus is always like a heat-seeking missile, going for the 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 place in our hearts where the evil is doing its most damage, and often undetected. We, we're very alert to the the power of sickness if if we're particularly ill, but we might not be alert to the power of our distrust towards God and our willingness to have other things in place of God, to have other masters, other lords, other dominant forces in our lives. And Jesus has come not just to deal with the, the consequences of evil, not just to deal with the symptoms, not just to deal with the, the sickness and suffering and, the, and the, the, the evil oppression that we feel, but to deal with the root of it, which sometimes we don't feel. And the root of it has to do with our unwillingness to trust him, mm. our, our insistence on ourselves mm. as the Lord of our lives. And he says, no, you, you've got to trust me. You've got to, you've got to, I, I want to come set you free from, from the, the damage that's been done by your own, you having the, you being the king of your life. Mm. I've come to bring the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of you, you know, and, and all of us need to find... God's grace to set us free from the kingdom of self to, yeah. to, to receive the kingdom of God. So I guess my question again is, is so what does that look like? So I live in the middle of Brighton, in <laughs> yeah. the North Lane. Uh, I have a job, which includes having lunch with you on a Tuesday. Uh, I go to church on a Sunday. I have built community. Um, it, I, I, really, I really enjoy my life. I feel like, you know, this is, this mm. is great. I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm in this moment... I'm not experiencing. Um, and even though you support my United, well, other than that, for whom there is can no hope. Can you imagine hope. if that was like the low point of my life, the football club that I supported? Well, it would be for me. So, you know, again, I've come from some village in India where I sympathize. we struggle to get educated and drink water and clean toilets and all of that. I'm kidding. I, grew up in I, I feel it's. I feel it's like <laughs> adding insult to injury that Man United have come. Anyway, carry on. That may, but there what, is no. What was hope. the insulting? What was the adding? What was the injury? Insult, insult to injury. Yeah. What, what was that? What were you going to say that Man United? So, 
reporting Man United. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I thought one. you had like a specific bit of news that you were going to say, ha. No, no. Eat I, this. <laughs> say no. I will eat this. But mm. you, I'll let you carry into the question. <laughs> so, uh, what does that sacrificial life look like for me at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, well, okay, let me let me ramble on a little bit more. <laughs> in, the, in, in summary, mm. middle class, middle of Brighton, mm. good job, mm. happy family, mm. going to church on a Sunday. Great boss, nice community, very good boss. Fantastic boss. Mm. Um, Enlightened boss, very wise boss. I thought you didn't like me singing your praises. <laughs> you told me off for. Yeah, no, no one said who your boss is. <laughs> yeah, but I need, I need Jesus this. leads. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Eternal, eternal boss. <laughs> Son of man. Answer my question. Yes. Uh, what what does that what does that look like? What does the sacrificial life look like for me? What is the cost that I need to count? I feel like I'm. Uh, should, should I get more introspective? Um, is yeah, my life very being good. Uh, difficult? Irri- irritating boss. Infuriating, <laughs> frustrating boss. So um, you know, we're talking about my like salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, is, is, what it looks like for you, Johan, is mm. to is to. Um, no, I, I, I won't. I won't. I won't be facetious. Um, I think. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's probably a mistake to too quickly move to specific applications in some cases because it reacts. Just was, pointing out my mistake on live television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no, I, I think. I think that the point is Jesus is saying, "Trust me." So he says. The, he says to this man. This man says to him. He pushes through the crowd. This scribe. Mm. Um, you know, who's, who's probably a fairly educated, unusually, you know, mm. top end of the spectrum, uh, influential guy, respectable, impressive, would have looked, you would have cut a bit of a figure and people would have said, oh, he's got followers, he's got, he's got likes, he's, he's exactly like me. Mm, just like you I have over 2000 followers on Instagram. Excellent. So, okay. Shout out to the 2000 Very followers. Very good. Okay. So, so this scribe comes along and says, me and my followers <laughs> would like to follow you. <clears throat> and Jesus says, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now he's 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 it's what he's saying is he's not quite saying. Um, well, here are the here are the, here is the rule book. Here is the handbook for the staff. You know, read this. Come back tomorrow if you if you feel you can sign your name to the contract. He's more saying, just get used to not knowing. <laughs> I don't I have no place to lay my head. Because that could mean all, that could mean various things. It means he doesn't. He's not able to answer all his questions. Because actually, sometimes Jesus had very good places to lay his head. Mm. Probably he had good friends who helped out, looked after him. It's not that Jesus slept under a bush every night. He probably did some nights, but some nights he was. Well. The point is, he he lived trusting his father. And so he he got used to, to he he got used to like Paul says in Philippians. Whether in plenty or in, in need, I've learned the secret of being content in all things. And in the, it's, this, it's this point of, I've learned to trust. I've learned that he's got my back. And, I, and, I, and Jesus wants that from us. More than he wants impeccable behaviour. It's not that our behaviour won't change. Of course it will. And there will be ways in which we keep certain rules, if you like. But, but that's not the point. What's really wanted is trust. That's what he's always looking for, is a kind of a patient, confident, joy-filled, mm. trusting God. Resting, if you mm. like, in the promises that God makes. And being able to do that to the extent where you say, okay, I, you know, I won't hang around for an inheritance. I won't, I, I'm supposed to bury my father and get all the money from the, the, the wake or the, you know, the reading of the will. Forget it. Mm. I'm, I'm going with you. 
Um, that's huge. But it, and you think, what a hero for being so sacrificial. And Jesus is saying, no, I don't even want you to go there. It's not about being a hero. It's about actually just being a son. Just yeah. being, I just know that my father is... Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I think there's also the sense. So. There's also the sense. I feel. Of, I, feel I feel like you aren't really answering my because swine. you said a yeah. <laughs> or shrimp, uh, <laughs> hmm. fish, avocado, uh, avocado. Um, it's being open to Jesus' leadership, isn't it? When He asks you to do something, yeah, to- trusting yeah. Him. To- yeah, so exactly. says, yeah, tomorrow move to Amsterdam. Being like, yeah. you asked me this, yeah. and I'm so ready. who knows what that's going to be? Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think it's that we, we, we need to just have that readiness. Mm. And, um, and so people, you know, notice Jesus says, sell all you have and give to the poor and then follow me. And some through church history have said, there's the requirement for everybody. Mm. But Jesus wasn't saying that to every Christian. He was saying it to a particular man for whom that was the big test. Yeah. The fact that he wasn't prepared to do that mm. showed that he wasn't really trusting. His faith, the faith wasn't real. And, 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 uh, for every Christian, it will be a different application. It probably will mean selling stuff and giving the poor to the poor. And that is, God's always going to hammer us about our love for money. But for some people, that's not a problem at all. Mm. There are some people God will say, no, that's not your problem. You can have millions of pounds and, you, and there's no idolatry at all. You've got no, you're not chained to it. It's not, it's not causing you to distrust me. I trust you with that money. But um, and so that's one of the reasons we, we mustn't be too quick to print it down to mm. the law. Because you can do a law that doesn't scratch everyone's yeah. issues. I guess this is where church community is so important because that's where you get to work out these decisions and these conversations. Mm. If you feel like, oh, this is what I believe God's calling me to do, this is what I believe yeah, God's yeah. leading me towards yeah, doing. Yeah. Talk to other people around you yeah, and say, sure. I submit this to you. Yeah, it's good. It's like gear, uh, gear change. Mm. But I think so key <laughs> to the whole, well, to the whole Bible is, is Jesus referring to himself as the son of man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. In the book of Ezekiel, in in the in his prophecy, his view of something divine, and he he calls it the Son of Man. He uses that phrase, something that looked like the Son of Man. And Daniel. No, so it was in Daniel, not, not in Ezekiel. Yes. You're right, it yeah, was yeah, in, yeah. in Daniel. And it almost feels like the Son of Man reference is the divine reference. Yes. The sons of God is as men and women. Hmm. Um, hmm. Anything you want to say about that? Well, it's, it's a big big thing that's 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 um. Worth, worth a lot of time and, and I, I think the Bible, Pro, Bible Project guys on their podcast and YouTube channel did a whole series of messages or, or studies on this which I think are outstanding and worth, worth every minute that you know, there's several chunks of teaching on it which are superb I really recommend the Bible Project but I think that the way it pertains to this passage and this, this story and this theme Jesus this is the first time Matthew has Jesus calling himself the son of man and it carries on through all the Gospels. It's, it's a big title he gave himself. And, uh, and, and you think, what, what, why is it coming from? What's that, what's that name mean? And uh, it's, it's, its roots are in the Old Testament, uh, as, as you know, so much in the New Testament, is, you've got to, you don't really get it until you see it in the, in the context of the whole Bible. But it, it's, it's, it's really a combination of something divine and human. It's, and you mentioned Ezekiel by accident, but actually you're, you're right. It, it's in Ezekiel too, because when even when it, when the prophets like Ezekiel see images of God, in Ezekiel's case, he does see like a human figure as somehow behind the curtain as well. When he sees images of divinity, he sees, there's 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 something about this God that is plural, where there's a there's a human image, and that when Daniel sees in, in Daniel chapter seven. 
this one, like a son of man, who's destined to rule over mm. all nations and have all peoples come and worship him. Uh, he's he's seeing someone who's who's divine, who's who's worthy to sit on God's throne, and yet someone who's unmistakably human as well. Someone who's 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 um, in the way that Adam was meant to be, ruling over creation, ruling over over. Uh, <laughs> his department <laughs> with with uh, with authority um even over the rebellious in his department um so this 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 person combines the divine and the human mm. the reason i'm saying you know it's all this background is interesting because it's it's even interesting that jesus says and I, I love this he says foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no way to lay his head Jesus didn't just say this stuff. It wasn't just like poetry for the sake of it. It wasn't just like, well, how shall I say that I don't have somewhere to live? I'll talk about foxes. You know, you know there's, 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 there's usually something more going on. And I think my, my gut is that what's going on, you know, not, not everyone would necessarily agree, but my, 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 how I see it is that he's saying, you know, that what, what, <laughs> what we want to have is a security that we have in rebellion towards God. And in the images of the Son of Man, right back in Daniel and throughout the Bible, subtly, you get the difference between the human who's called by God to, to reign on God's behalf and the animals, the beasts, who are actually kind of like they represent forces that are in rebellion towards God. Humanity at its worst, which becomes like a beast, like Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. The, the king in Daniel who turns into, you know, he, he becomes a bit, it goes out of his mind, you know, becomes like an animal. And, and it's, it's, that's an important idea. So when he says foxes have holes, I can't stop thinking about the other, the only other place Jesus talks about foxes in the whole of the Gospels is he's talking about King Herod. You know, there's that fox Herod. And foxes in the Bible are not like cunning, cute creatures like Robin Hood in Disney. They're just—they're kind of—they're parasites. They're kind of—they are—they're nasty creatures that, that that tear into things and nick things. And he's saying the world's way is to is to have security um, in rebellion against God and to hold on to our own dominion, hold on to our own authority, and become actually more like animals. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In the world's eyes, the Son of Man is doesn't got much to show for his life. But the Son of Man also is the one who looks people in the eye and says, come to me, I'll, I'll give you rest. In my Father's house are many mansions. Um, abide with me, I'll abide in you. He's like, you can rest in me. You, you'll, never, you'll always find that I've got, I've got space for you. I can look after you, you can trust me. So he's saying on the one hand, I, I, you might, if you follow me, I don't know what, I'm not telling you whether you're going to have a home tomorrow night, but I am telling you, you will have a home forever. And, and, a re- and not just someday in the future, but from now on, you will always be able to find rest. And I, th- I think this, this is massive. I think God's trying to help us to be f- free from our panic, panic and anxiety by, by giving us rest in him. Does that make sense? Hmm. So I, I think, um, I don't know where I got on, how I got into that, but that's, that's, the, that's one of the rich things in the passage that I... I just thought wow this is a this is a big thing the son of man has nowhere to lay his head and by following him i'm either making a dumb mistake or i'm actually coming to the one who's uniquely able he's the good shepherd and you know i shall not be in what he makes me lie down in green pastures you know he he, 
like Paul says in, in, again in, in 2 Corinthians, we've become poor, but we make many rich. We, 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 ha- we have nothing, but we possess nothing, but we have everything. Mm. It's, and Christian life is like that. It's often like that. We feel our need, but we also feel incredibly looked after. Right. So we, good. we live in between. We so just we trust God. We, you know, we have gift days. We have things to we serve other people. We look out for others. We love others when we're not looked after ourselves sometimes. We think, oh, who's looking after me? But the Christian is someone who can say, I never have to really be in fear because mm. I know that he is looking after me. There's that peace that transcends all understanding. Exactly. It's, it's exactly that point. Yeah. Brilliant, mate. Thank you so much. I think that's all we have time for. <laughs> Again, we do apologize if, for the audio issues, but the recording we hope should be fine. Thanks so much. See you next week. See you soon.